Well, good afternoon, church. It's great to be with you all at London Riverside Church this afternoon. So, um, today we are just about to get into September. All the kids starting back at school this week. All the kids are very upset. Some of the parents are not so upset, you know, depending what your family's like. And so for a lot of us, it could be the marker at the moment of some new beginnings. Maybe for some of you in your personal life, in your work life, in your school life. Or maybe for some of you, it doesn't really feel like that much of a new beginning right now. But who knows when your new beginning will happen. So today might still be useful for you. So for me, over this summer, if you don't know me, I've had a big new beginning. Because at the beginning of August, me and my new husband, Tolua, got married. It's exciting. So... So for us, it's been a very, very exciting new beginning. I know all, not all new beginnings can seem really as exciting as that. Maybe actually some new beginnings can seem quite horrible and not so good. But for us, this has been a really, really exciting time. But our one new beginning of maybe me becoming a missus is not the only new beginning that we've had. There have actually been so many other new beginnings which are encompassed in that one new beginning. And I'm going to tell you about a few of them today. And you can see if you relate to any of them with me. So firstly, we've had to get used to a new beginning of a new decision-making process. Now, as a parent maybe or even as a young person, you'll know that growing up, um, you have to ask your parents probably to make a lot of the decisions. You know, you say, can I go out? Can I have some money to go out? Can I do this? Can I do that? And a lot of your decisions are made by your parents. And then as you get older, you make more of your own decisions. And then you get married and you realize it's back to square one again. And you're not actually making all your own decisions anymore. But you're actually making your decisions with someone else and remembering they actually affect someone else too. Secondly, I've had to get used to a new beginning of a new home. So the last 24 years, my whole 24 years of life, I've lived in one home in Dagenham, and I didn't even go to uni, so I never actually moved out before until now. And um, so it's been a massive change for me because not only have I got married and I've got a new title, new decision-making process, but I've got a new home, no longer live with five other people in the house. Now it's just me and one other person who I love very much. But it's very, very different to living with five people. Um, thirdly, I've had to get used to a new routine. So the first few weeks of us being married, you know, you sort of get used to life together. And I'm sure as Hollow goes back to work next week, um, they will get used to a whole new routine of waking up, traveling, working, making dinner, all these different things that I'm yet to experience. And I know probably some of you that have been married a lot longer than my three weeks, you probably know she's got a lot more new things left to come. I've also had to get used to some new rules. So, you know, again, growing up, your parents make most of the rules and then you move out and you've got a freedom to decide what's on TV. That's the biggest one. <laughs> um, but there's so many new rules that you have to make and you decide how you're going to live life together. And lastly, although I'm sure there's many more, I've had to get used to a new way of getting food. You know, when you live at home, you go and look in the cupboard, you get hungry and you look in the fridge, you're like, oh, what has mum bought to eat? You move out and you realize if you don't buy any food, there's no food in the fridge. So had to get used to a new way of getting food there. So it's been really interesting for me in this season of new beginnings and new things happening because I've been reading through a book in the Bible called Deuteronomy. Now, I've read it a few times before, but this time while reading it, I've had to try and look at it in the eyes of new beginnings. And I've realized how many parallels there are between the Israelites who are spoken about in the book and me. 
So some people look at the Bible and they might think, oh, it's old-fashioned, you know, it's written so long ago, it's really outdated, doesn't really apply to me. Well, I've realized this really does apply to me, and you may realize today, maybe it applies to you a little bit as well. You see, we're going to look into the story of the Israelites a little bit today together. And the Israelites were this group of people that were slaves in Egypt, and a leader called Moses came, rescued them by God's power from slavery in Egypt, and took them on this 40-year journey to get to a new promised land called Canaan. And on this journey, they learned so many things, and God was preparing them ready for their new beginning in the promised land. You see, one thing that they had to learn was a new decision-making process as well. So they had to realize that they weren't under the rule of Pharaoh anymore. It was no longer the Pharaoh and their slave masters making all the decisions, but they now had a new leader called Moses who was making the decisions for them. So they had to get used to this new way of making decisions and understanding decisions. They also had to get used to a new home. That was part of their new beginning, was moving from Egypt to Canaan, and they had to move their whole life with them to their new home. They too had to get used to a new routine. No longer were they waking up in the morning with their slave masters telling them, this is the time you've got to wake up, this is the time you've got to be here, this is the time you've got to eat, do this, do that. But now they had a freedom to have a new routine and decide when they were going to make up and when they were going to make all their farmland good, ready for all the crops. They got to choose those new things. They also had to get used to new rules. You see, while they were on this 40-year journey of preparation on the way from being slaves to living in freedom, Moses was teaching them all of the rules that God wanted them to abide by. There are rules about war and marriage and worship and so many other things that they had to get used to, ready for their new beginning. And again, they had to get used to a new way of getting food. Not quite in the same way as we've had to get used to getting new food, but actually in this different way where they're no longer working as slaves, trying to make food for all these other people, but they're now just working for themselves, having to farm their own land and work out new systems of doing things. So for me and for the Israelites, one new beginning actually encompassed so many new beginnings, and it wasn't just one change that they had to get used to. You see, during the Israelites' 40-year journey, they came up against so many challenges. There was a massive wall around Jericho, one of the towns they had to go past, didn't know how to get round it or over it or whatever, and they just had to walk around it, and God knocked it down for them. They came up against these two massive seas, at different one at the beginning of their journey, one at the end of their journey, and both times there was no bridge. They didn't know how to get across it, but God parted away in the sea so they could walk across they also had to fight off all these different armies, including this massive army of giants. But God brought them a victory and he helped them to win. So for us, I wonder today if we're in a time of preparation. You may be here today and you may have just gone into a new beginning. Maybe if you're going back to school or back to work this week, you may be about to step in to a new beginning. Or maybe for some of you, you don't really feel like you're in a new beginning or about to be in one. But Today, we're going to look at some of the lessons that the Israelites learned as they prepared for their new beginning. You know, there's two types of preparation. There's the unintentional type, and then there's the intentional preparation. So for the Israelites, they definitely were not preparing intentionally. It was sort of happening for them. God was preparing them, ready for what they had to come in the future. You see, some of us, we intentionally prepare. 
You know, if you've got a job interview coming up and you want to get this new job, you might get someone to go over some, you know, practice interview questions with you. Or maybe if you're like us and you've had to get a new house, you have to learn to build furniture, which is a whole new ball game. And you have to definitely read the instructions. We did have some problems with building some wardrobes and drilling into walls, but we've definitely learned a lot and we're prepared for the next time when we have to build the wardrobe. But for us, that was a real time of intentional preparation because you have to read the instructions in order to be ready to build. But for the Israelites, it was so unintentional. You know, for you, you may be in a job right now. When you look back at the skills you learned in your old job, you'll realize how they prepared you ready for this job. And for the Israelites, their whole 40-year journey from slavery in Egypt to freedom in Canaan, God was preparing them. And I'm sure if you read the story, you'll realize how God prepared them. But I've just got a few thoughts to share with you today. Number one is that God prepared them by helping them to know that they needed to listen to their leader. You see, back in Egypt when they were slaves, if they didn't listen to their leader, if they didn't listen to a command, then they would have had immediate punishment. They would have been whipped, they would have been punished, and it would have been horrible. Whereas now, now they were following Moses, they didn't actually have an immediate punishment. They may have had a consequence later down the line, but they had to learn to listen to this new leader. God also wanted them to learn, and maybe he wants us to know this today as well, is that God is the only God. You see, in Egypt, there were all these Egyptian gods or idols that they could have chosen to worship or to serve. And then when they came to this new land of Canaan, all the people that were already living there They served and worshipped all these different gods and idols. And actually, all of the nations that were around, they all had all these different idols and things and gods that they worshipped. But God wanted the Israelites to be a nation that was different. And he wanted them to remember that God was the only God. He didn't want them just to one day be taken from this place where they had loads of gods in Egypt, suddenly the next day to be in Canaan where they had all these loads of gods as well, and for them to be confused which God freed them. So God took them on this journey where the only God that was with them was our God, was the God. And so they were prepared when they went to their new beginning, and they were reminded that God was their only God. God also wanted them to learn that God was always with them. You see, God appeared to the Israelites for their whole 40-year journey. 24-7, he visibly showed them that he was with them. He appeared to them in the sky in a massive pillar of cloud and in the night in a massive pillar of fire. You see, no matter what time of day it was, God was constantly there and he was exactly what they needed. You know, during the day in the desert, it gets really hot. You need some shade. And God appeared to them during the day in this massive pillar of cloud. So he was what they needed in the day. And in the night, they needed some warmth. They needed some light. I'm sure they had no wax for their candles in the desert somewhere. So they needed light. They needed fire. And God was a pillar of fire leading them. What I find really interesting about that is that it was leading them to the promised land. So in my head, I'm assuming that when they got to the promised land, they couldn't see the pillar of cloud or the pillar of fire anymore because that's what was leading them to this new promise. And so when they got to the promise, they sort of didn't need it anymore. We still need God. But they had visibly seen for 40 years that God's presence was constantly with them and did not leave them. So when they got to the promised land, they had that assurance in their heart that God will never leave them. God also wanted to teach them that he would always provide for them. 
You see, every day when they were on their travels, God sent manna, this flaky white bread, down for them from heaven. And every day they had to go and collect the manna and they could eat it. But God told them, don't collect enough for two days. Every day I'm going to give it to you, so just collect enough for that one day. But the problem was, I think God knew that in their heart, some of them didn't really trust him. So he also, what he did was if they did collect too much manna, he made it go off for the next day. So they had to go out again and collect more anyway. And for me, when I look at that, it's sort of like God forcing us into a place of trust or forcing the Israelites into a place of trust because they looked at that and they would have seen, oh, there's no point collecting enough for two days because it will just go off anyway. So we'll just have to trust that God will send more tomorrow. And I think that prepared the Israelites in their hearts really for when they got to the promised land in Canaan because by the time they got there, they would have been able to know that God would provide for them every single day. And today, God provides for us exactly what it is that we need. The only exception to when God allowed the manna to last till the next day was the way that he allowed it to last until their rest day. So the day before they were going to rest, they were allowed to pick up a double portion of manna, of the bread, ready for the next day. And that's because, again, God wanted to force them into a place of rest for their Sabbath, for their rest day. You see, for some of us, when we think about rest, we sort of think, that's a nice idea. Wish I could have some more rest, you know, we'll rest when I get a chance. But actually, God gives it to us as a command. He commands us to rest. So every year, there were these different festivals that he commanded them that they had to celebrate. And all of the festivals were times when they could go to the temple, they could offer sacrifices and honor God. And it was a way of them remembering all that God had done for them. And today, I know we don't always celebrate those festivals, but there are different times when we can come together and we can be reminded of how great God is and we can be grateful. God also wanted to teach the Israelites to tithe. You know, like Hannah was talking about earlier, about giving 10% of whatever we earn to God. And God gave that to them as a command. He wanted them every time that they gave him a sacrifice, every time they gave him money or crops or anything, He wanted them to be reminded that it was because of him that we even have any of our things in the first place. And really, it all belongs to him. God also wanted to remind the Israelites and teach them that he was powerful. You know, they would have seen him do so many miracles. All of the miracles that they saw, when they then got to the promised land, they would have had that again as an assurance that God will do it. And he'll do what he says he will do because he is powerful. God also wanted to teach them, finally, that he will bring the victory. You know, for every single battle that they had to face, God was with them in the pillar of cloud, in the pillar of fire, and it was actually God's power that brought them the victory. There's no way they could have taken over all these armies. There's no way they could have knocked down the wall. There's no way they could have crossed the sea. There's no way they could have got to the promised land if it hadn't been for God bringing the victory. And today, God brings a victory for us. And God wants to transform our internal situation before he transforms our external situation. You know, God could easily have one day just said, right, Israelites, we're going to the promised land, and then quickly taken them there, and then dumped them there. And they would have been free externally, but they wouldn't have been free internally. But God wanted to take them from being this bunch of slaves in Egypt to then being this flourishing free nation in the land of Canaan. And that wouldn't have happened if inside their hearts they were still slaves. Because you can take the slave out of Egypt, but it's really hard to take the slave mindset out of the slave. 
okay? So for us today, we can remember that God wants to take us not just externally to a different situation, but internally in our hearts too. The thing about new beginnings is that sometimes they're wanted and sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're necessary. Sometimes they seem totally unnecessary. Sometimes they happen quickly. And sometimes they seem like they're taking forever to come. You know, sometimes when I read the Bible, I love just sort of putting it into modern day context to try and help me understand it a bit better. And when I was imagining this story happening, I was imagining hundreds or thousands of Israelite kids going, Mum, are we there yet? That's what I was imagining. And I just thought, wow, if I lived then, I'd have to invent earplugs. Like, I don't know how they would have managed on that journey because that's just many, many complaints. And the problem was the complaints didn't just come from the kids, but it was the adults as well. Adults, don't pretend we're not complainers, please. It's not always the kids. Because the adults were on the journey and they were saying, well, God, you know, the food in Egypt was better. The life in Egypt was better. Everything was better in like they were slaves in Egypt and God was taking them to a place where they were going to be free but all they could think about on their journey there was how good the place of slavery was they were waiting so long to get out of and it's really really hard because actually God sees the bigger picture even when we don't and so sometimes when we're waiting for a new beginning to happen and we can't see why it's not happening quicker maybe that will help us if we just remember that God sees the bigger picture and he does have a plan for how we're going to get there and when we're going to get there. One verse that really encouraged me, and I hope it encourages you too, is in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 22. It says, The Lord your God will drive those nations out ahead of you, little by little. You will not clear them all at once, otherwise the wild animals would multiply too quickly for you. And that really encouraged me because it showed me that God saw the bigger picture. God knew that if he let the Israelites quickly take over every single nation until they got to the promised land, then that means that all the people wouldn't be there anymore apart from the Israelites. And all that would be there are wild animals who wanted to kill people. And so if there were only Israelites left alive and no one else was alive to fight off the animals, then the wild animals would have overtaken them and they probably never would have made it to the promised land. But probably in the moment, the Israelites weren't thinking like that. All the Israelites are thinking is probably how we think sometimes of just, I just want to get there, to be honest. You know, when you're stuck in traffic and you just think, why is this traffic here? It's taking so long. I just want to be at the destination. I think that's how they were thinking. But little did they know that God was seeing this whole bigger picture and God knew the reason for why he was taking them on this journey little by little. So there's different people in here today. Maybe you're in here and you're about to start this new beginning. I don't know how you feel. You might feel really excited. You might feel really nervous. You might feel panicked because you can't see how this new beginning is really going to work out or where it will take you. But the thing I want us to remember is that whatever you're feeling, that God is with you. No matter whether you've just come from a new beginning or you're about to go in one or you're not, God is with you. If you're still waiting for your new beginning and you're wondering, why is my new beginning not happened yet? Maybe just remember that God does see the bigger picture and he does have a plan and a reason. And it's not necessarily to say that he wants you in your bad situation because I know he doesn't. But maybe there's just a few things that we can learn in the situations that we're in that will help prepare us for the next situations that we'll find ourselves in. So some thoughts for us today as we think about our potential new beginnings. 
for our upcoming new beginnings. Number one, take time to look after yourself. You see, God isn't just a God that cares about your relationship with him. He really does care about that, but that's not all he cares about because he cares about your whole well-being. He cares about the fact that he wants you to have enough sleep, as much as that might seem like a dream to some of you, but he does want you to get some rest. He wants you to drink enough water. He wants you to eat well. He wants you to do stuff that you really enjoy and find ways to love different things in life. He really cares about all of those things because he just cares about you. Secondly, why don't we take some time to invest in our relationships? I know at the start of New Beginnings, it can be really hard because you sort of get so busy and sometimes you get wrapped up in the new beginning that you're facing. And sometimes that just feels like all of enough on its own without focusing on other people that are around us. And sometimes you don't even realize that we're neglecting people that are close to us. But actually, God wants us to take time to spend with the people that we love and most care about, with our family, with our friends, maybe even with some work colleagues or people from church. Take time to invest in relationships. And next, why don't you write down some of your experiences? You know, sometimes when I look back at different things I've had in my life, I sort of think, oh, I feel like I may have learned something from that. Wish I could remember what. And sometimes I wish that I had written some more stuff down so that I could actually remember the lessons that God had been teaching me this whole time. Because it may be that one day you'll be able to encourage someone else with those lessons. With the way that God's preparing you now, no matter how hard it feels, it may be that this gives you a little bit of hope that one day you could encourage someone else on their journey. And finally, God wants us to take some time to talk with him. You see, sometimes we get so lost Sometimes we lose sight of the things that are really, really important. And I think that God would have heard the Israelites so many times complaining and saying all the things that were wrong with their journey when all he wanted them to do was just to say, thanks, God, for freeing me. <laughs> you know, and I think that God actually wants us to be in a relationship with him. I think he wants us to speak with him. And I think he wants us to listen to him and not just always be the one that is talking, but also be the one that's listening to what he has to say to us. So why don't we try and think about those things today? Because most of the Israelites actually didn't make it to the promised land. It was a lot of their children. They did make it and God did come through and he did what he said he would. But it was a lot of their children that went to the promised land and a lot of them didn't make it to the promise because they did not understand what God was doing in their process. And so God has a plan for what is going on for you right now in your life. You see, the thing is, is that God really wants us to have new beginnings with him. Every day we wake up and we have a chance for a new start. And so often we don't even take that into consideration. So often we don't actually realize that God is waiting for us to speak with him. God is waiting for us to be in a relationship with him. And you may be here today and you may think about the fact that, oh, yeah, I've, I've started a new beginning with God. You know, I've had the new beginning. Now I'm just sort of journeying along. But that's actually not how it is. You see, in one new beginning, there are so many new beginnings that are involved in it. And it might be that since you started your new beginning with God, there's been some things that have been getting in the way. It might be that you've maybe got some barriers between you and God. Maybe you've messed up. You've done some things that you regret. Maybe you don't feel really like you're that close to God and you just need a fresh start. And today, God wants you to be able to have that new beginning with him. 
Or you may be here today and maybe you have never had a new beginning with God and that's what you want. You might really, really want just a start with God. You might hear this story of the Israelites and realize how they had been on a journey and that God was taking them on a journey and God was leading them. And for a lot of the journey, they probably didn't realize that it was God leading them. But God's been with you on your whole journey, even when you haven't realized it. I want to tell you a story today. Because about three years ago, um, I was meant to meet up with a girl in McDonald's. And I'd arranged it a few weeks before. And I said, okay, yeah, a few weeks' time. We'll meet on Sunday after church, McDonald's. I'll see you there at 2. I didn't put it in my calendar. Um, and so when it got to 2 o'clock on the day I was meant to meet this girl, I was actually at home. Um, and I was having a nap. And I was also eating lunch and, you know, just generally chilling. And then suddenly I had this realization oh, no, I meant to meet this young person. She was only 11 in McDonald's, and I'm an hour and a half late. It's not, please know if you meet me now, I am a lot better now than I used to be with my calendar. Um, however, this particular occasion was the worst example that I have, and uh, also the most inspiring one, because I was thinking, right, when I get to McDonald's, I need to still go, because she wasn't picking up her phone. I knew her mum had dropped her off, and I was thinking, what am I going to do? And then I got to McDonald's an hour and a half late and she was still sitting there waiting for me. And I went over and I just said, why did you wait so long for me? Because in my head I was thinking, if this was you that was an hour and a half late, but yet God looks at you and he says, I want to have a new beginning with you. And that's amazing to me. So in Deuteronomy chapter 9 verse 6, it says, you must recognize that God is not giving you this land because you are good, because you're not. It's very blunt, <laughs> very blunt. And it's similar to chapter 7, verse 7, which says, the Lord did not set his heart on you and choose you because you were more numerous than other nations, for you were the smallest of all nations. Rather, it is simply that the Lord loves you and he was keeping the oath that he had sworn to your ancestors. You see, God doesn't love us because we're good or impressive, or better than anyone else. But God loves us because he is good, and he is impressive, and he is better than anyone else. So today, I just really want us to catch a few things. Number one, our life is full of new beginnings. It's unpredictable when the new beginnings will happen, and we never know where they'll take us. But they're unavoidable, and new beginnings will always happen. Number two is that God uses the situations that you are in now to prepare you for the beginnings that are going to come. You know, we can't always see the bigger picture, just like the Israelites couldn't see the bigger picture. But God is using it to prepare you. Even if you can't see now what he's doing, maybe you'll never see what he's doing. But it might be that in five, ten years' time, you look back and you think, wow, God was actually preparing me for this moment that long ago. Number three, God wants you to know that he alone is God. Just like he was teaching the Israelites when they were in Egypt, there were all these other gods, but yet it was our God, it was the God that was the one who rescued them and took them into freedom. And he alone is God. And God wants you to really, really know that today, that he is God. He is the one that has power. He is the one that brings victory. 
He is God and he wants to be your God. He wants a new beginning with you. Number four, God loves you and wants you to have a new beginning with him. So if you're in here today, I really want to pray for you to start a new beginning with God. I know that we all need it. Probably every day we do something and we need God to start a new beginning with us again. I remember probably last month when we had communion. We had communion in the first service and I was saying, oh, sorry, God, for the things I've done wrong. Please forgive me, blah, blah. Gets the next service and um, I'd already messed up again after one service. And I'd already thought annoying thoughts about people and stuff like that. And I'd say sorry to God again after just one service, being in church. But God sees that and he knows that he wants a new beginning with us. Deuteronomy chapter 13, verse 4. I love this verse. It says, Serve the Lord your God and fear him alone. Obey his commands, listen to his voice and cling to him. Serve the Lord your God and fear him alone. Obey his commands, listen to his voice and cling to him. That is my prayer for all of us this morning, that we can cling to God because God is always with us. He doesn't leave us. We may not see him in a big pillar of cloud or a big pillar of fire, but we can still have that assurance in our heart that he does not leave us because he cares about us and he loves us so, so much. So I'm just going to pray for us all in here today and then we're going to invite the band up with us. God, I just want to thank you so much for your constant provision for us. I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for your love. I thank you for this story in Deuteronomy where you just so clearly prepared the Israelites ready for the next situation that they were going to find themselves in and ready for their new beginning. And God, in here today, so many of us are having a new start and a new beginning this week. And we really pray over all of those people, Jesus, that you're going to really help them this week to remember that you are walking with them. Whether we feel a bit apprehensive or nervous, or even if we feel really excited about the new beginning, God, let us never forget that you're with us and that you will not let us down. Help us to choose to cling to you. And anyone that's in here today that needs a new start or a fresh start or a new beginning with you, Jesus, let them choose in their heart to do that today. And God, we know that you never let us down. We know that you're always with us and you're just like that girl that was waiting at McDonald's for me where you just keep on waiting for us. And we know that you will not give up on us. And so God, we pray this week that you're going to help us to cling to you in your name. Amen.